Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 170th episode of the Truth Island podcast. The phrase fake it until you make it has become synonymous with modern day success. These words encapsulate the idea that one can simply act a certain way until they rise up the hierarchy of success, and then at some distant point in the future reveal their true colors. On one hand, a person typically becomes more valuable to others by providing services that others deem of value. For example, an architect might have a specific vision as to how a house should look, but may modify his plans in order to accommodate a client or a potential real estate developer. The line between making people happy and selling out is often a very confusing one. At what point can we say an artist, employee, author, or even a friend is being disingenuous in order to generate future business or curry additional favors? Perhaps one of the best examples of a person that was fully true to themselves would be the philosopher Diogenes, who founded the Cynic movement in ancient Greece. Diogenes was famous for speaking his mind at all times, even when it rubbed powerful people the wrong way. Although we might celebrate Diogenes as being a brave speaker of the truth, the man lived the entirety of his life in poverty and was reduced to living in a mobile tub. The prospect of extreme homelessness and a lack of material possessions for the ability to speak the truth for better or worse is not a trade-off that most people are willing to make. At some point or another, even the most adamant people on Reddit are forced to keep their mouths shut and work a job that requires them to be a different person than who they truly are. Helping to point out where I'm being phony, I am once again joined by Kenny. Kenny, is there a difference between being phony and polite, or are they one in the same thing? I don't think I don't think there's they're one in the same thing. Although I'm not a big fan of being, you know, always being polite. I don't think that phoniness. I think. I think I do believe it's very different from being phony. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's think about in what ways. First off, I find you to be a very polite man. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting that out there. But I think, <laughs> but but at the same time, I also think that you're incredibly genuine as well. And I I think that there is um, I, I kind of grapple with this a lot. Of like, I don't know why people can't be polite but then speak the truth at the same time. I, I think we have this notion in our head that the truth is always something that's in your face and it's always like mic drop, earth shattering, like ego destroyed, you know? And I'm like, why can't you be a polite gentleman and also speak the truth? Like, are those two, I, why, I'm wondering why those ideas are not compatible with, with how we think of the truth. Yeah, because often I believe that people are convinced or suspect, not convinced, suspect that they're cowards. And they suspect that's, or should I say they suspect that others are cowards and they don't want to look like others that they've judged to be cowards. So what happens is they, um, they often think that in order to justify their own, uh, to, to prove to themselves that they're not cowards, they say the truth, they speak the truth in the most you know, brazen and bullish way, bullheaded way, excuse me. And uh, because I think it has to do a lot with insecurity. Um, sometimes we're not even, we're not really convinced that that's the truth. Sometimes we are just upset at the fact that the person is, has put us in a situation like this. And um, other times it's simply we want to prove to ourselves that we can say the hard thing the hard way, so we can go home and pat ourselves on our backs that we are the picture of truth angels or something like that. Yeah. Mm, I, I think that there's um, definitely a lot of virtue signaling 
and speaking in a very bold and brazen way. And I, I think what, what happens is that, you know, we have like these historical figures like Amar and Luther King or something that spoke the truth in a bold way, but it was actually like a, 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 a real form of truth. It was like a very high form of truth. And there was actually like a lot of validity and a lot of substance behind what he was saying. And he needed it to, to say it in a bold way. Whereas I think a lot of people are spouting lesser opinions but they're like, mm, you know, the, the, the opinion I have is, is not as bold as like a Martin Luther King Jr. or a Gandhi or something. But if I just say it the same way that they do, I can be just as heroic as them. So, so we're, having, we're having this trade-off where people are like, I'm going to emulate their style, but I'm not going to emulate their substance. Yeah, because substance is not something you can emulate. Substance is something that you have to build for yourself. Uh, the whole idea that you know, um, whenever people start to admire, you know, their their heroes and you know, um, and and the like, they often do that by imitation, which is like the chim- This is a, people say it's flattery. Say it's by yeah, sure, but it's it's a it's a really cheap form of flattery. The point is that um, what you see and you like is a substance. It's a spirit. It's the it's the core. The person. And uh, what you're, what you're, but it's the core is expressed in physical, you know, it's physically expressed, whether through speech, the hand gestures, motion, whatever it may be. And we simply, so you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you want to be like, like uh, Hitchens. So you smoke cigarettes 247 and you, uh, you know, keep shaggy, keep your hair shaggy and uh, you say Hitchens as, you know, things. But you, that's not you're not the man still. So it's not about what the person did; it's about who the person is, or should I say, the thing that makes the person who he is, right? And that's that's something you can't copy. That's something you have to find for yourself within yourself, and so on, and all that balance. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who like like to walk this like false swagger of like I'm saying things with you know the utmost conviction and style, and there's really nothing behind that whatsoever. I, I wanna hold that for a moment and let's go back to our idea of Diogenes who I mean let's be real I think that when you're at his level and you're speaking the truth there are consequences that befall you like you will probably be homeless like I've always kind of joked around about this but it's true if you want to know the truth talk to someone in New York City who's homeless (laughs) you know it's like because they're 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 at a level where there's no need to sugarcoat their words whatsoever. Yeah. Right? There's, there's no need to sugarcoat what they have to say um, because they've already forfeited all the material advantages of, is that really effective? I'm wondering like, does one need to become homeless or be in like utter complete poverty in order to be, to speak the truth? Yeah, if I, if I could speak a little bit. I think that the virtues are not a respected of persons. I think that's, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters at all if you're rich or poor. It's like saying, you know, is you know, is kindness? Do do you have to be rich in order to be kind and generous? Of course not. Poor men can be just as kindness generous as any rich counterpart. Um, so I think that it has very little to do with our social status or economic status. Just about who we are. I think you know, obviously, if you're rich and popular, you're going to meet more people. You're going, especially going to meet rich, other rich and popular, powerful people. And you're 
And if you are the person who speaks the truth, then you have a you have a you have a not greater audience in the sense of scope, but greater audience in the sense of wealth and power and so forth. And if you're a poor man where you speak the truth, well, you might be dealing with, you know, the working man. You might be dealing with uh, those who are homeless and those who are uh, not very esteemed in society. But you're still speaking the truth to them. And whenever your paths cross, when so whenever the, the whenever the, the the paths, but the circumstances cross, the rich man finds, you know, those those in a you know a more impoverished situation, he'll still speak the truth to them. Just like if the poor man found himself in a situation with the rich and the powerful, he'd still speak the truth to them. So I think it has more to do with the persons and less to do with uh, uh, the external things. Well, I want to think about this a little bit. Maybe like I I I, I agree with you, but th there are some like areas I could push back on. Like I think to become rich, at some level, you do have to keep somebody happy. And you know, I'll give you a few examples of this. If you're rich, you got to keep, and you own a company, got to keep your shareholders happy. You got to, you have a board of directors to answer to. You have stockholders, you have investors that you need to answer to. If you're selling a product or a service, you got to keep your clients happy. You know, there are many personal trainers, for example, that they walk a line where they want to speak the truth to their client and say, "Hey, buddy, uh, put that uh, cheesecake down, and you're not going to lose." You know, like there's many personal trainers that want to speak that way to their client and some that get very close to doing that. But in the back of their mind, they're also thinking to themselves, if I'm too harsh on my client, they're not going to pay me anymore. They're going to be gone. I'm going to lose them. So I want to speak the truth to them, but I also kind of want to sugarcoat it and make it a little bit more, you know, a little more digestible for them so that they keep coming back to me. Whereas I, I think the only way that you could fully just not give a crap about what other people think is if you're not reliant, if your way of life is not fully reliant on keeping other people happy. And I think Diogenes was able to achieve that because for the most part, his way of life was not really dependent on anyone else. Like it didn't really matter if people liked his clay pot or whatever it is that he lived in. <laughs> he was just fine yelling at people. Whereas I do think you can get rich enough where you can ignore a bunch of people, but at the same time, <laughs> But at the same time, I, I think even if you're rich, you still are beholden to somebody. And there's going to be certain areas that you won't be able to just speak as freely as someone who has forfeited everything. Yeah, I, I can understand that. So, for example, you had mentioned that, you know, we don't have to be cruel or, you know, bullheaded in order to speak the truth. You can be polite to speak the truth. I don't think that sugarcoating a truth, that's I think that's what being, you know, that's what being kind or loving is part of truthness is that you're sugarcoating it you're not diminishing it you're adding something to it so the idea that's you know the what's it called the personal trainer sugarcoating hey listen man she's not going to say hey put the cheesecake down you fat slob right not going to say that you're going to say something along the lines of if you really want to get this done you have to stop eating cheesecakes i don't know every every morning it's just not going to be helpful that's just telling the person the truth but you're not being a dick so um but i do agree with you i think that there are places in which and this is one of the things that makes speaking the truth incredibly difficult is the truth one cannot serve one cannot serve the truth and serve man it is not possible it is not possible you have to serve one or the other christ said you know he said uh, what he says uh, uh, one cannot serve mammon and serve God. 
because these things are very opposed to one another. The truth is supposed to, the truth cares for no one, cares for no one. Hell, the truth doesn't even care about you who holds it. The truth would be just as truthful to you as it would be true truth to anybody else. And both human beings, we care. And we don't, it's not that we care for men in the sense of we care for, we care for our neighbors and we want them to be well. No, we care for ourselves. We care for the opinions of men. We don't want people to think bad of us. We don't want people to, you know, take their business elsewhere. We don't want people to gossip about us. We don't want people to, you know, um, look down on us. We don't want people to think we're being uppity and uptight. We want people to think we're too loosey-goosey. Our, our, the, the, the human mind, if you examine, if the average human being examines himself throughout the day, he or she will find that most of the decisions he or she makes throughout the day is simply to please other people. Isn't that fascinating? That a human being are making decisions based on the opinions of other people about their lives. And this is, this is fundamental. Like, you don't, when you, if you figure this out about yourself, don't feel bad. Well, you should, but not too much. Because if you look to the left and to the right, everybody's doing the same thing. You only have like a few outliers who, who are different. My point is simply that, you know, you can serve the truth and serve people, but it is possible to serve the truth and be kind to people. Absolutely. I actually, I love that quote. You can't serve the truth and you can't serve mankind or people. Like That's a brilliant quote, by the way. You should have that coined. Um, I actually think that you're onto something and I, I love where your mind has been for the past month since we took a little hiatus. And I think you're absolutely right that when we're in the business of living, we are we live to serve other people in order to survive. I, I think, and we don't actually realize we're doing it until someone points it out to us and we actually think about it because you know we wake up in the morning, we have loved ones, okay? Right off the bat, we're thinking in our head, well, I don't want to appear selfish to these loved ones, so I, I gotta keep them happy to some degree. Does that mean that you're entertaining your, you know, your wife and your children's every whim and and need no like there's some things that you're holding back on fair enough but there has to be enough things that you want them to think well of you and this is something that's circulating in your mind like well you know like i'm not gonna give them everything they want but i need to do enough positive things that my wife still thinks that i'm a good guy and that my kids still think i'm a great father and then we go off to work and we kind of have that same formula in our minds like are we going to bow down to everything our boss says no but we're doing enough things that we may or may or may not like, and we may disagree with, in order for people to generally like keep us in a in, in a good in a well regarded, like to keep us well regarded, and that keeps us safe. It keeps food in our bellies. It keeps a roof over our head. And you're right. Like the entirety of our lives are pretty much predicated on this of, of like keeping my my loved ones happy, keeping my friends happy, keeping my mm. workplace happy. And on one hand it's a positive thing because it, it allows us to be a little less selfish and think of others and, and kind of contribute to the larger world. On the other hand, we are every single day that we wake up in the morning, we are denying something fundamental about ourselves, something mm -hmm. fundamental to the way we think. I'm wondering if that is having some damage on us in the long run. Like, like if you keep doing this for 10, 15, 20, 30 years of kind of living a facade like lifestyle, you'll have a lot of people in your life that think well of you, but maybe you'll feel a little empty inside because you've kind of always held back on, on your true thoughts or your true feelings. 
Yeah, yeah, you will. You will. You will hate yourself. You will low key or high key. You will hate yourself. It's just that simple. I mean, there, there are books written about this. There's movies been done about this. This is this is part of the human experience. This is part of it, not the human experience in the sense of what we ought to do, but part of the human struggle. What it means to be a human being. This is one of those, one of those things that we deal with about you know, you know, being. I hate this word, but genuine. Being a real freaking human being. You know, making your choices as a living, breathing human being. You become an empty shell. This is this is part of hum- this is part of the human struggle of the human experience, and we uh, we don't like it. You know, we don't. Nobody wants to look themselves in the mirror and find out that they've been lying to themselves and lying to others for the past few years. If you and if you have a, if you have like you know just a shred of honesty, it, it'll be devastating. You know, a lot of people get past this by pretending it never happened, which is just telling more lies. Like you can lie to other people. Like I can, I can understand that. I can understand that because it's just fear. But don't lie to yourself because that's insanity. That's craziness. Yeah, I think I think there's there's some major major repercussions for this. Major repercussions for this. Uh, like, do you know who you do? You, do you know what you are as a human being? Do you know? You know. It's weird. I you know I look at Instagram or like TikTok. And I see these kids doing dances, you know, like the girls always have like a thong on or something like that. And they're literally, literally shaking their butts for attention, for attention. The guys are just as ridiculous too, but they're shaking their pecs for attention. It's like, is this what the world is coming to? You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is, this is humanity. You know what I mean? And like and they say, say things to their you know to their public like i love you you guys are the best and like you don't even know these people like do you know what it means to love someone everything just oozes often of you know is it disintegrity or or phoniness it oozes of it oozes of of serving people it oozes of serving people to serve yourself you know and it's, it can be very, it, I, I, it's going to be very dangerous for the young minds, especially like these lads and lasses who are in their mid to early, mid to late 20s. By the time they reach 35 and their bodies are not as um, elastic as it used to be, then it's like, you're, you're, not, you're not going to be relying on that, that silver spoon, that golden compass, that's that 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 special little goose you've been relying on it's going to run dry then you'll be left to yourself you know and that's going to hurt no absolutely i i mean there's there's so many dimensions to what you're saying um i also like you know when i see these like tiktok videos or whatever sometimes i actually ask myself the person making this video are they really releasing content that they believe in or are they just following a mental algorithm of like, this is what people will like. This is what people will subscribe to. This is what's going to get me attention. And on one hand, the more, the more data you use and the more attuned you are to other people, the more success you will have. But then that comes at the cost of like, 
well, I have to be very measured in my language. I have to be very formulaic in what I do. Because like, like, like you said, if you're a female and you're making scantily clad uh, videos on one of these platforms, that might not be what you want to do. You might want to talk about Jane Austen or something, but you know, you know that no one wants to hear you out. No one wants to listen to that. So you know that you got to put on that red lipstick and fancy makeup and all this other good stuff in order to, to get people what they want. And I think there's like a, there's like an inverse relationship here. The more you give people what they want, the less you're doing what you want. And, And I'm like, like, is that, I don't know if that's really a road to a happy life. I, I think, I think it, it's cool. And you might be swimming in the glamour in your twenties or whatever. Eventually you're going to come and, and realize, man, I, I, I did nothing for myself or I wasn't true to myself in any such way. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Absolutely. It's going to hurt. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Even if, you know, don't get me wrong, go ahead and make, make money. You know, like if, if they're paying you to do that, you can live with yourself sure that's fine but you got to ask yourself the question because you know you got to ask yourself the question of like this whole thing idea about what it means like you know telling the truth right this whole idea of telling the truth seems to me like one of the most important things a human being can do like what the hell is the truth what is that because a human being, we have the ability to lie or to tell the truth. And that's, that just seems, that seems wild to me. To lie is to say things that are not as though they are. And so, or to say things that are as though they are not. Which is to confuse the hell out of people. It's confuse the hell out of people. What you're doing is you're spreading confusion into the world. It's just, it's ridiculous. And we have the power to do that. And to tell the truth is to call things as they are. You would think that'd be simple enough, but it's not. And it, 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 it's one of the interesting things about humans is that we have this power. We have this power to shape reality, either through, to, through the truth or through lies. And uh, you find that we often pick the lies, of course, but... Um, but it testifies. It tells me that there's something. There's something very interesting about um, about the human experience. I think this is because we have a never-ending desire to be loved. I, I I think this is ingrained in all of us, and instinctually we know the more we speak the truth, the less we will be loved by others because we're we're pointing mm. out things that are potentially harming to other people's ego or, or, or things that are damaging about society in general. And this, this fear of not being loved is what causes us to lie. I, I honestly think that that's true because like we, we we're like, Oh no, I'm going to be ostracized. Oh no, then I'm not going to be invited. Oh no, I'm going to be seen as a stickler. Oh no, I'm going to be seen as that guy. And all of these fears circulate in our head and most of us, we can't live with that. We just can't live with this idea of not being loved. So we'll say, and, and this is what I think causes people to act like buffoons on, in, on, on TikTok and whatnot, is that they, they know, like, I think there's a part of them that knows that their behavior is sheer buffoonery, but they realize like, hey, I got to be loved. And the more, the more, and it's a spectrum. It's not, it's not a binary thing. It's a spectrum. The more you need to be loved by others, 
the more foolish things you're going to do on TikTok or whatever in order to get that love and to get that attention. And the less so, the less you need to be loved by others, the more authentic and truthful you will be. So again, I'm not saying that anyone is 100% on either end, but I, I do think that there is a bandwidth that we all, that each of us falls upon. No, I think you've touched on something very important. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we all do. It is that desire to be loved, that desire to be admired, to be, to be almost reinforced. It's almost like you're trying to reinforce that you exist. You're trying to reinforce that your existence means something. And you want, you want the accolades, the acclamations, the claps of others on the pats on the backs, and which is all, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. We didn't, if we didn't want those kinds of things, I think we'd all be sociopaths to a, I mean, to a very you know, bad degree. But the fact that, yeah, we want these things, right? And, uh, but the problem is that a lot of us, here's the thing, man. Like, I can get behind that. I, I get it. Nobody wants to be not loved. No one wants to be, I don't know, hated and ostracized and forgotten or alone alone or I think alone. Is, alone is a big one yeah alone like i get that that this is the only thing like when i think about it like that it it makes it it makes it not so bad it makes it more like man what a what a sad world what a pit just just like i pity and not in a condescending way but in like you know i wow i wish i could do something for you you know what i mean i get it well, here's the thing is that's, that's, not, that's not the only story. That's half the story. We, we want to be loved so badly that we're willing to kill for it. We're willing to harm for it. That's, that's the real story. Because we're so busy wanting to be loved that we don't really care about loving other people. You know what I mean? It's like that whole thing, you know, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Well, yeah, sure, except for that one guy. Hopefully, this is the guy with the one, you know, one eye. But the point is simply is it's kind of it's kind of like the same thing. If everybody's an empty vacuum looking to be loved, all right. It means that we're living in a world of just meaningless void. It's just meaningless. You want to be loved, I want to be loved, but we're so busy wanting to be loved, we're not loving each other, and we are just this empty hole of consuming, 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 when, when it ought not be that way. I think, of course, we want to be loved, right? It starts with you putting yourself aside for a second and loving someone else. And eventually, you never know, it might just come right back to you. It's the whole, I, 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 kinda, I believe in a law of karma. I think it exists. It's a real thing. What you put out, what you give is what you get. And I think if you give love to someone, to people, it comes back to you eventually. Um, so I can sympathize with the fact that we want to be loved, but I cannot sympathize with the fact that we're not willing to put ourselves aside and just love someone else. So I think taking this uh, back to the idea of phoniness, um, I, I think if you can love another person, that is fantastic. That's like the highest form of altruism. And when I say love, I, I mean actually making like, severe sacrifices like uh like a father working a job he doesn't like so that his son can have better opportunities and stuff like that like i think those are excellent displays of love however i'm going to put a caveat here though it's really important that 
that love is authentic love. And then it's not, it's not just like a phony love or, or, um, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like, I'll say this, like, sometimes we are nice to people because there's a social cachet that's involved in that. There's like, there is a little bit transactional of like, look at me, I'm so great. And I love everybody. And I treat every. but I'm like, if it's not genuine, you know, then it's not genuine. I don't know. I don't know if there should be uh, an impetus to fake love. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fake somebody. Like, I, I think when yeah. I think when I think when the love is genuine, like it's really genuine and it's there. It's it's a remarkable, wonderful rainbow thing to watch. I I think that if we're being if we're all being honest with ourselves, we probably love certain people more than others. I I think that's oh, yeah. I, I'm just being completely real on that. Like any any do I love everybody? I'm like. <laughs> No, you don't, buddy. <laughs> yeah, just just bring just bring a human being on the opposite side of the political spectrum and see how much you love them. Then um, I, I love everybody. I, <laughs> it's like so. I think you know. Yeah, I think you're right. It has to be real. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it has to be real. And I think we're capable of real, even if it's just to one thing, one person. I think we're capable of it. It's just that we have all kinds of man don't get me started on this one i think yeah it's we have things all kinds of messed up but i i do do believe we're capable of doing because the average human being doesn't go around cutting themselves or insulting themselves and looking at them and saying you know you're an idiot you're a you're gonna fail at everything you try buddy then he goes you know he goes to uh he's hungry he knows very well that he's allergic to peanuts you don't deserve anything but peanuts. And he shoves some peanuts down his gullet. You know, the average human being doesn't do that to himself. He takes good care of himself. You know, when he's uh, hungry, he's fed. When he's, you know, tired, he sleeps. When he's uh, um, uh, cold, he puts on a jacket, right? When he's uh, um, driving, he doesn't swerve himself into a tree. So I think average human being knows how to take care of himself. And here's the thing. We do those things. We don't. We think, wow, that's just me being, you know, that's just self-preservation. Well, yeah, sure. That's also part of loving yourself, believe it or not, because you don't want harm to come to yourself. You know, it's like, you don't think about, you don't think about, I, I don't wake up in the morning and say, wow, oh boy, I love myself this morning. I look how much I love myself. You know, I think it's, I think that, I think when we think too much about it for other people, it becomes weird. It should just be responses we respond to ourselves. You see someone who needs a jacket, you give them a bloody jacket. You know, it's like it, it's not it's not something you should have to think through and quantify. And you know, I don't. I yeah, I don't think it needs to be quantified. But I do think that if we look at the people that we honestly love, I think there's some kind of endearing trans, like endearing. Of, I hate using the word transactions, but endearing things that happen mm. uh, in that in that interplay. So, for example, if you're a husband and you become sick, 
and then your wife is there making homemade chicken noodle soup and taking care of you, that's an endearing moment. And that's going to forge something that's like really authentic and genuine and like, wow, I'm weak. I'm, you know, I'm feeble right now. And here's this person, you know, sacrificing their time to make sure that I get better. And, and now there's a real endearing moment. And, and, and then, you know, the opposite could happen. Your wife could become sick and then you're there. And all of these things create something that's real. Whereas I ask, can someone really love one of their Instagram followers who they've never met? Is, is there any endearing quality? Like somebody, some random person on the internet says follow. Am I, am I really going to love that person? I may end every video, like love you guys, subscribe, bye, see you next week. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what I say. If there hasn't been these endearing moments between these two parties, I don't know if anything real can manifest from, from that. Despite I, I, no, I, I see what you're saying. I think <laughs> right. So no, you can't. You how can you love that which you don't know? Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't love what you don't know. That makes no sense. It's like can you can you love no thing? You can't it, love love is mm. love is you know object to object, subject to subject. It's not uh, subject to subject to subject to subject to object. It's not something that just kind of. I don't think it's a. Uh, even if it was, even if it was like a mystical thing, it's like, dude, it, it has to have an, it has to be something, something that's in its course of love, right? So no, yeah, you have to know, you have to know, but how many of us take the time to know anybody, really, right? Like to know someone, it takes time to know another human being. Someone told me this on Saturday, he said uh, he had read something by some guy who, had, a friend of a friend of a friend of mine, um, <laughs> said that uh how you say everybody's normal until you get to know them you know what i mean like everybody's just we're all like npcs like when we're going we're going through our lives obviously if everybody's a is like the main character of your life right and everybody else is an npc there to boost your ego and to boost you through you know to to the to the last level to the, the last boss baby and What's the point of knowing an NPC? Like, what's it's an it's a it's 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 nothing. It's what's the point of an NPC? You know, and we go through our lives seeing other people as NPCs. And for those who don't know what an NPC is, it's a um, non-player character. It's basically the side characters in games that are just there to advance stories of the of the uh, um, advance the story of the plot of the game, or sometimes just just there to exist. Um, but I mean, that's how I think we see ourselves, not ourselves, but other people, NPCs. We don't really know them. We see, life is more transaction. So yeah, the person screaming out on Instagram, I love you and I'll see you next week. It's wrong on two fronts. First is no, they don't love you and they might not see you next week because, you know, people die. They don't want you to think about that though. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think, I think we're living in a very phony world. And I, the, so that nobody says, look at him being ho hoity-toity. I throw myself into that category too. No bollocks. I think we're living in a very phony world. I think it's hard to find that which is real, that which is true and beautiful. But I think it is there. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, I think we've done a good job covering that end of the spectrum. Like, so that's, that's what we'll call the phony end of the spectrum. You love everybody. Everything is super light, super casual, super upbeat. 
and unnecessarily so. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not because the situation, it's not because there's anything that's genuine or endearing in, in these relationships or the way that you're acting. It's simply you're a people pleaser and you're gonna bend whichever which way the wind blows so that people love you, your following grows. And we need to call that nonsense out uh, when we see it. I want to now go to the other end of the spectrum. You know, we, we've, you know, we have to chastise one, one, one side. And then we, we, like this episode is not complete, Kenny, until everyone hates us. That's the goal of Truth Island is to get, is to get everyone to hate us. And then once everyone hates us, we can say, yes, we spoke the truth. <laughs> so now that we've, um, now that we've chastised our, um, now that we've chastised our people pleaser, let's take a look at our diet. Uh, di- oh, man, I'm this name. Diogen. Can you just Dionysus. say Dionysus. No, 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 not Dionysus. Uh, oh, Diogenes. Oh, Diogenes. Yeah, thank you, Excuse thank you. I always, Diogenes. man, I was struggling so much with this in the intro. Um, no people, people may not realize this. Uh, when I was a little kid, I actually yeah. uh, had a small speech impediment, and I went to to speech class. So it's kind of weird for a kid that had a speech impediment to have a podcast. I, I just always find that. <laughs> funny that I'm like, man, this is what I decide to do. Uh, so it's, it's funny how, it's funny how life will, uh, will, will turn out anyways yeah. on that, on that end of, of the spectrum, we have people that really don't care what other people think uh, yeah. to the point, to the point of great detriment to themselves. And on one hand, we could celebrate these people and say, yeah, you're the man you, you, you have, you know, you're, you're out there living your life, speaking your truth and being brazen and whatnot. And I think we've kind of touched upon this already. If you're sacrificing something great, like I think of uh, maybe like a Nelson Mandela or someone of that category, mm. it's okay to sacrifice the approbation of others. It's okay to sacrifice material comforts, but it better mm. be for like a really good reason. Like I, I think that there's a lot of people who just want to, and I see this a lot on Reddit where there's instigators who just want to piss as many people off as humanly possible and they think that they're doing something heroic but it's like you're just being a contrarian or you're just trying to anger people or contradict people and i think that's another danger where you're where you're being this sly contrarian not for any good reason you're not challenging some kind of um, injustice in the world. You're just doing it to be that outlier and make yourself feel special. Like, well, I disagree with what everyone else is doing. And you're not really doing it because it, there's a legitimate purpose behind it. You're simply just doing it so you can call yourself a contrarian or a rebel or something of that sort. And I think yeah. that's the other end of the spectrum. Well, yeah, because you're totally, you're using the truth and you're weaponizing the truth. And you're not even, you know, you know, it's, that means it's not even about being, it's not really about the truth then, you know? It's like you can weaponize any virtue. We call these kinds of things like virtue signaling and all that crap, but it's harder to recognize when it's, when it's a person who's honest, quote unquote honest, as you know, telling the, I'm just telling like it is, bro. Yeah, congratulations, you told it like, like, like it is. Now, you know, the kid's probably never gonna pick up a violin again, that's for sure. It's like, you, 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 it's, don't, don't be immature. You know, like if you're if you're gonna be if you're gonna tell the truth, tell the truth like a person who has some goddamn sense. You know what I mean? Like don't don't weaponize it and pretend you're telling the truth, because technically you are, but you're you're not embodying the truth. You're a liar. You're you're just using it for your own personal gain. I don't think 
Yeah, I, I think that is the other side of the spectrum. So you're totally phony, but even at the same time, that's still pretty phony. That's still pretty phony. That's not that's not a person with integrity. That's a person who who um, a man who fails to talk about a man who cannot a man who cannot a man a man who can only talk about work. So this is a line from uh, a line from Ozark. A man who can only talk about work is an abject failure in every in every aspect of his life. Hmm. In every aspect of his life, a man who can only address you and attack you from the tr um, using the truth as a weapon is a failure because what he's proving what he's saying to you what he's saying actually is that he has he's not a balanced human being in fact he doesn't even care about he doesn't even care about anything other than causing whatever it is that kind of rah rah and in these kinds of things are addictive you know, it's like, you can't, I know a guy who's like, you know, he, he says he can't, you know, he can't hold on a job because he has to tell it like it is. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, what do you want me to do? You want me to stand here and clap for you? Like, you want me to clap? You want me to clap? You know what I mean? What do you expect <laughs> me to say to that? You tell it like it is. So what am I supposed to say to you? Hey, buddy, listen, don't, first of all, don't tell it like it is. It's like, no, I don't personally, I don't care because he has his, he has his own life to live. Mm -hmm. But when I when I if he if he ever asks me for my honest opinion about this, I'll tell him, dude, learn to keep your mouth shut. It's just that simple. There are sometimes you gotta say what you gotta say, but sometimes you can't, you have to just shut the hell up. Because if you believe that you are the guardian angel of every virtuous thing, you are clearly a lunatic and you're mistaken because you are a man as fallible as any other man with your own opinions and you're fighting for these things today in a way that puts you in this you put yourself in this weird freaking moral superiority over everyone it's like dude i mean even solomon one of the wisest guys who ever lived said don't be overly wise and don't be overly righteous because you won't survive in this world so my point is simply that, no, I think people like that are also phony. They kind of weaponize the truth for their own personal gains. And if it's not material gain, it's like an emotional, an emotional gain. But yeah. Okay. I want to, I definitely want to jump on this because I think that these folks are also spreading falsehoods, but they're, it's a little harder to spot, I think, because these people are saying you know, they typically, I know the kind of individual you're talking about, they have this worldview where the entire society is wrong and I'm right. And that's typically kind of like the line that they follow, like, man, people are, people are just idiots. I'm the only one that's on this right path. And I'm like, if you're being truthful for your, if you're really being honest with yourself, you would have come to the conclusion that sometimes you're correct and society is wrong, but then there are a lot of times where society is right and you kind of just need to get in line, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, you know, like littering or something like that. You can't, you know, a lot of these people will be like, it doesn't really matter. I don't, I can litter and throw whatever. It's like, you know, man, maybe, maybe society has a point. Maybe you should take that empty Coca-Cola can and, and put it in a trash receptacle, you know, and th that's, th there's also a falsehood in this as well, where this person um, sort of is gaining, is trying to build a characterization of themselves as being this heroic 
rebel slash outlier. And I think it also, they also kind of want to be loved for being the anti-hero. I, I think they're trying to, to be loved as being um, an anti-hero that speaks truth against power. And it's the same kind of motive that our people pleaser has. Like they, they secretly want to be loved, but instead of being loved for being a people pleaser, they want to be uh, loved for this, for being this like leather jacket, uh, truth speaking rebel. And I see the same kind of motivations behind both of these characters. No, I think you're right. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, um, isn't it weird, man? Isn't it weird? I mean, human beings with all our glory and all our, uh, I heard I heard recently that there was under underpants, underwear that you um, that people wear to travel. It's some sort of underpants, like super easy to wash, and it's like you know like <laughs> some sort of weird technology that dries super fast. Yeah, I, I, like, I'm like wow, what what a what a wonderful piece of tech right there. What just <laughs> what advancements we're making. I'm being facetious, but I'm also being serious. I think it is nice. My point is that we do a lot of things as humans, yet we all have mommy-daddy issues. You know, it's like we all have this love issue. And everybody just wants to be loved. Everybody mm. wants to be accepted. And it's like, what is this, high school? It's high school all over again, but on a bigger scale. You ask yourself, like, you know, um, um, you look at your politicians and they look so important. Look, they look so important on their, on their uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, in their suits, chatting about, chatting about current issues and dodging current, you know, dodging uh, questions. It's like, yeah, it's tough to think that these guys actually are like, you know, they, they also want love. Yeah, you know? no, I, I'm seeing that a lot more, which is weird then, because I'm looking at like 67-year-old men with gray hair and I'm thinking dude, you're still having these daddy issues. You're like 67 years old and, and whatnot and, and went to law school or something. But yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> they are having these issues. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're literally in the business of looking for approval. Yeah. That's what it is. How many they literally look for the approval mm. of the public, right? Um, but I think eventually, if you, this is just theoretically, I think that that kind of self that is constantly looking for that kind of attention, eventually just becomes this very strange nagging hole inside. You, you just kind of get used to it and you get numb to life, you know? But um, I, I think that uh, it's very interesting that people are, that this is, this is what fundamentally motivates us. Okay. Know? So I want to I want to talk about our two individuals and then I'm going to introduce a third individual. So we have our people pleaser politician who's just chasing love, right? He's chasing the approval mm. of others in the most people pleasing way and he'll bend the truth, he'll bend everything just to get people to like him and say what people want to hear. He will sell his mama. Yeah, he will sell his mama anything anything to get those likes up. We then have also our contrarian people pleaser who on you know when at first glance it seems like he's speaking controversial opinions it seems like he's going against the grain but in reality he's doing the same exact thing but he's just doing it in the opposite way right like he's he he's coming yeah. off as being like yeah, i speak my mind but in reality in the back of his mind he still wants people's approval he just does it in like yeah. the inver in the inverse fashion 
So our so we have these two these two polar opposites, but in reality they're not really polar opposites. They're actually one in the same. One just comes in a very light color, and one comes in a very dark color. But it's really the same thing: yeah. uh, people pleasing behavior. So our person that gets the least amount of love is what we would call our reasonable man. Our reasonable man isn't really thinking about what is going to make them popular. They're really just legitimately thinking, is this true or not? Our, our reasonable man is just like, tell me more about that. And yeah, I can kind of see that. All right, maybe in some cases that would work, but you know, I don't think it's going to work in this particular case. And the reasonable man is super boring because they're, they're not doing things to get attention. They're not trying to piss people off. They're not trying to make people happy. They're legitimately just curious about the world and legitimately curious in finding out what the truth is. I find it funny that our reasonable man is probably our least noticed, our least loved, and probably the one that's neglected the most. What yeah. kind of messed up species are we where the, the, the reasonable dude in the middle who just, you know, sometimes agrees this way and sometimes disagree, you know, agrees another way. He's the one that we're actually neglecting the most. Like, what does that say about us? Well, it says, it says wonderful things. <laughs> um, <laughs> it says that we don't care lick about reason. It says that we, we don't appreciate or value things that are not uh, sensational. It says that we're immature, we're children. And it also says that the reasonable man, why well, you think you said it, just boring as hell, at least on the surface. <laughs> but here's the thing, I, think, uh, I, uh, I agree. I don't know that I, I think there is something, there's, there's something else beyond the reasonable man, but I, I think the reasonable man is a good place to, to, be, to, to start. Yeah. Yeah, the, reason, the reasonable man doesn't really care for, for the approval of others, the love, you know, that love issue is issue, that love, that craving, I would say obsession to be appreciated, loved and, uh, uh, and patted on the back. It doesn't bother him because he's worked through it. He understands it. And his, I think that reason has the capacity to make us a little bit, a little bit stranger than fiction. We, we, we're no longer just, we're no longer just a contemporary man, you know? Oh. I will even go further. I think in some ways the reasonable man is actually despised. Not only is he not given, you know, proper recognition for being a reasonable man, in some ways he's also despised because I think the reasonable man makes other people feel uncomfortable. And here's how. These, uh, the contrarian and the people pleaser, they fit into a particular tribe. Right. Like we love people that we can categorize, that we can put in a specific tribe like, OK, you're the perfect conservative. You're the perfect liberal. You know, you're always going to you're always going to follow through and say you're always going to toe the line. Right. We love these figures that will toe the line, no matter how absurd the idea is or how ridiculous is. The reasonable man upsets us because we don't understand the reasonable man, because one, the reasonable man has opinions that are all over the place. You don't, you can't predict what they're going to say next because they're that reasonable. They're always listening and they're always taking in information and, you know, recalibrating their opinion based on the particulars of the situation. And for some reason, because we can't 
we can't categorize and we can't put the reasonable man into a particular tribe and track his behavior. We don't understand it. And if we know something about human behavior, human beings that which you don't understand. Exactly. And this this is this is, I think, the great this is a great shortcoming of humans is that we don't understand the reasonable man because we can't track it. And we end up despising those who are probably the most beneficial to our understanding. Yeah, um, I think I think that's true. Uh, the the reasonable man, the reasonable man is well, he he doesn't fall in. You're right, he doesn't fall into any certain category. Um, he understands your position, um, better better than you understand it yourself. Understands what makes you tick and why you're the way you are. And he can't be convinced by either side. He just can't be. And uh, <clears throat> he tells both sides, the lunatics and the, uh, um, the phonies, that they're both wrong and both phony and so forth. But the reasonable um, man is the only true man, because I, I, I think that if you look at these people that are you know perfect liberals, perfect conservatives, perfect whatever they are, there's always going to be that one or two issues that they're like, you know, I, I, I kind of disagree with this, but I don't want to be kicked out of my tribe, right? So all of these other characters are like, yeah, I, I kind of see the, the reasoning on the other side, but if I admit that, I'm going to be thrown out of my tribe, I'm going to be less predictable. So they kind of stay silent on their true feelings because they don't want to be kicked out of their tribe. Whereas the reasonable man has no problem saying, oh, no, no, you guys are right on that issue. But you guys, on the other hand, are right about this issue. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> he's free. Yeah, he's free. He's a free man. Emerson deals with this. And I think in his, in his uh, well, he does deals with this, period. He deals with this uh, in his self-reliance essay. He talks about how it's important for people to be to be their own persons. Because that's where that's where you actually become a human being you, you become you know you're not you're not shackled by fear you're not shackled by the by the illusion of tribalism you're not shackled by the illusion of either your own religious your own religious societies or whatever it is you see you think you experience things for yourself this is this is what differentiates i think you're right about the reasonable man i would even say just a bloody true human being you know so like this is what differentiates them from the rest of the world is that they they don't they can't be bought by anyone they don't they're not your they're not they're not your tribesmen they don't belong to you and because of that you really can't pin them down sometimes they're for you but it's kind of like accidentally accidentally on your part but reasonably on his part he's on your side because what you stand for in this issue is true then you talk about something else and he's like nope you guys can be further apart <laughs> yeah yes yes exactly you know what i mean it's like <laughs> and you just can't pin him down it, because he is an authority unto himself mm. He doesn't care about what your preacher says, what your pope says, what your, you know, Democrat rep uh, representative says, what the president says. He doesn't care what anybody says. It's not about, it's not about that. It's about what he thinks to be the case, what he thinks to be the truth of the matter, and that's all. He's he's an authority unto himself. But 
I would say it's not just that. It has to be, there has to be things, you know, something is far more important than him actually. And it's reason, it's reason. And reason, how you say, um, the power of reason is, uh, she is a, how you say, a harsh, but helpful mistress. She would, reason would deal with a person who wants to be reasonable. But in the end, reason will be kind to you. But as far as we know, that's what the person has to serve because you have to serve something greater than you in order to achieve, to, to rise up. It's not, you can't serve yourself. You cannot, you can't look to yourself. It's, it's, it's reason that's the highest authority for him. Some, something greater than him, yeah. So I think something that's very tragic about, and I agree with what you're saying here, is that most people, it seems from what we're gathering here, most people would prefer others who would provide unconditional loyalty, subservience, um, you know, to, to a particular ideology or way of thinking than our reasonable man. Because the reasonable man, in, in some ways, because of his, re, his, his inclination to always submit to reason, he can never fully be trusted to, always, to be a perfect tribesman. There's something about that that's unsettling for most people, even though he is pursuing the higher truth. He is pursuing probably what's best for humanity, but we, but most people will scorn this person just because they don't conform to being like, uh, you know, a, a perfect, uh, a perfect card carrying member. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So is there, is there, I, before we're going to, we're at our hour mark here. So I just want to close out. Is there anything that our reasonable man can do to be a little bit more likable? I'm wondering, or, or is this just like, or is it just like, well, if you choose to be a reasonable man, you will suffer the consequences? Or is there any PR or marketing that are reasonable? I, I, these words almost sound dirty coming out of my mouth, but is there any? No, that's because they are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad boy, Aaron. I mean, <laughs> no, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if our reasonable man is there, is there anything that a reasonable man can do to sort of say, hey, look, I know I'm sa-, like, I'm wondering if the reasonable man can talk to a, a tr- like a, a, let's say you've got someone who's a part of a tribe. Can our reasonable man do something to say, hey, I know you really like, you really think this, but I'm thinking this way because of blah, blah, blah. Do, do you kind of see the point I'm trying to make here? I'm just wondering if there's anything, because you know, if we think of diet, uh, you know, like if we think of our, thank, thank you. We think of a guy who's not taking a shower, who's cursing at people and saying like, oh, you speak the truth. You don't, you don't, right. We don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So I'm wondering if our reasonable man can still be reasonable, but somehow talk to people who are in a tribe in such a way that they can, they can sort of see a little bit outside of their tribe and maybe reflect a little bit and, and maybe change some of their tribal policies. <laughs> um, okay, I, I think the reasonable man will it will eventually be wise. It's just natural that reason, wisdom, reason and wisdom will walk very closely to one another. I, I think that's the. It's fine for him to try to make the truth as simple as and as palatable for anybody who will listen. But I don't know. Because if you know human, look at, listen, let's look at our world, man. Look at our world. Look, we'll just look at TikTok. Look at Instagram. Just, you type in, listen, look at the world. You, you, you go to YouTube, just look at the news. Look at what's going on in the world. Murders upon murders, 
robberies upon robberies. You have people every now and then in, in the masses who try to break away because little by little they themselves are waking up and having some weird questions and feelings about the world. It's like the guy who just finished, you know, he drank himself into oblivion. He woke up and his, he finds himself as empty as he was the night before. And he says to himself, this, this, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, that doesn't happen to everybody. It happens to some people. But people like that usually break away and they start make, looking for their own answers. Usually, if they find reasonable men, they're more than willing to listen to them. You know, that's how they make friends with them. And eventually, they're like, you know, they themselves become, if not reasonable, something like it. The point is simply that I don't think the reasonable man cares. He's not looking for you. He's not searching you out because he understands the nature of the world. The nature of the world is that the world doesn't care and the world will always be how the world has always been. About power, about money, about the sex, about the greeds, about the accolades and the pats on the backs. That's how the world is. It's how it's always been, right? You know? So if you know that, if you know that about the world, but you also know that people often wake up from the world and wants to find answers and talk about these things. So, for example, Truth Island exists for, I would imagine, these kinds of people. So, it's there, just like the reason the man is there. If you seek them out, you will find them. Mm. But they're not, they're sure as hell not going to go, go around looking for you. I like what you're, so, to, to summarize what you're saying here, there's nothing that the reasonable man can do personally to make himself more marketable or appealing and so forth. But maybe, maybe it's people's, eventually people, once they've been indoctrinated, they still have an emptiness inside of them. And I, I think one thing that we're always looking for as human beings, and this is pretty constant, is we're always looking for novelty. We're always looking for mm -hmm. something new and novelty. And if you are ideologically programmed in a certain way, you're never going to find uh, a novelty. You'll never find it there because it's always the same old story over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So the hope is that eventually some of the tribes people will, in, in the, you know, they'll get bored and they'll be like, you know, this ideology isn't really solving a lot of my problems. And just by curiosity or maybe just by not having their questions fulfilled, they'll turn to the reasonable man when they're ready to. It's, there's nothing the reasonable man can do. It's kind of like Plato's cave. There's nothing that they can do to get those people out of the cave, but hopefully one day through their own volition, they'll get out of the cave and they'll be like, hmm, I like what this reasonable man is saying. Uh, he doesn't really care what I think, but I like what he's saying. And then maybe that is our only hope. Uh, yeah. Kenny, uh, I definitely feel a lot more authentic speaking to you. So thank you. And thank you for calling out any of my phoniness if it happened to seep through. <laughs> <laughs> my man thank you for having me i had a wonderful time i, I would wish you back next week but you said earlier there's no guarantee of that so um we'll there see is no guarantee <laughs> of that brother like at all i'm serious yeah so uh, i thank I, you for having me i i hope i hope that you know um things will work out and i'll see you next week all right take hope care. so too my good take care <laughs> take care my friend bye this concludes the 170th episode of the Truth Island Podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.